Hello, hello, it's Christine Marie Mason, your host for the Rose Woman Podcast, and this is a bonus episode on loving your body and unwinding unhelpful stories to celebrate the relaunch or the second edition of my book, The Body Love Journal, which is basically a rewrite from the original journal. It's 160 pages uh, with guided prompts, and uh, it goes in three sections. It's intention setting for a week, then inquiry for seven weeks, and then a week of integration. So that at the end of the nine weeks of doing this practice, the hope is that uh, anyone who's done it with love and care will have a different set of answers to how joyful they are in their relationship to their body, and any energy leaks that are happening related to the body will be diminished, and we'll all have a little bit more joy. So as you probably know, in my philosophy, that living organisms, including our bodies, are really perfect. They're infinite, self-evolving, self-reproducing things that contain all of the species' history and all of its future. And that the complexity and perfection of the body and it's all of its genius is truly beyond human comprehension. And that the right answer to the relationship between yourself and your body or nature of any kind is wonder and awe. So I put together this journal, which has daily checklists of suggestions on how you can show your body love and blank boxes for you to write in other actions and rituals that might be appropriate for you to show your body love, as well as daily prompts and questions, which I'm going to kind of review a few of them today in the talk to help you do some digging into what stories are still living in you so that you can develop some greater free will on which ones you would like to keep. I always find that each time I do these prompts, that there's always a little bit more there. I find a new layer, a new insight, a new aspect of what lives in me. And in doing that, I can choose which ones to keep and which ones not to keep. So I, of course, you know, this is my unique perspective on the show all the time that we're incarnate spirits woven out of consciousness and energy and frequency, and that the permanent consciousness or soul isn't anchored to the body, but we live in a body and that our body's health responds to our thoughts as well as to the thoughts of the collective culture, which then outpicture in policy and, and available choices for us. And when those thoughts are negative, particularly about a woman's embodiment, sexual embodiment, shape of a body, relationship to um, sovereignty, authentic, authentic expression, sexuality, food, all those things, if the thoughts are negative, they will limit our freedom and happiness. So I'm here to say that those beliefs can be unwound and that body love journaling and all of the suggested self-care practices in the checklist are designed to support a reintegration, a restitching together of body, mind, and spirit from its true natural joy. So I structured the journal to take people on a really thoughtful and self-loving exploration. And the questions are really created to help you evoke and pull out and examine the cultural beliefs that you've inherited, cultural or familial, or even things that happen to you that you, you know, my, my husband and I used to say that children are really great observers, but bad concluders, you know, even things that just happened that sort of rested in you from your own interpretation in a way that hasn't been healthy. So what I wish for in every person is a new ability to see and feel our beautiful bodies from the inside, and to really inhabit the body with love. 
And when we take care of our bodies, we do it as a natural extension of that love, not intended in any way to make it better, but as an extension of being present and appreciative and caring of what we have, of what we've been given. So I'm going to go through the journal's outline and then give you a few of the prompts that are in the journal as so you can get a taste of it. Again, it's week one is intention setting. Weeks two to eight are inquiry, and each of those have a different theme. And week nine is integration. So for example, in week one, in intention setting, one of the questions is, what is the best relationship I can imagine with this body? You know, there are supplemental questions on each of those, like further prompts on that particular day. Like, how do I want to feel in my body? What is the best physical reality I can imagine in this form? You could you can consider in in the way you relate to your body, how you how do you smell when you're having a great relationship with it? How do you move? How do you feel in your skin? What is it like to put a, a dress on or clothes on? What does it feel like to make love? So again, that's one example of what is the best relationship I can imagine in this body is one example of these questions. So after we do intention setting, then we go into week two, which is telling new body stories. And in week two, we begin writing a new narrative about our embodiment by inquiring into what we learned about our body when we were young. We're uninstalling old and unhelpful programs and installing helpful new ones and distinguishing what beliefs are serving us well now. So we ask, here's a couple of the questions, there's a different question each day. But for example, one prompt is, what did I believe about the capacity of my body in my formative years? Was I an athlete or an adventurer? Or was the body something to be careful with? What did I learn about health and illness? Was it okay to be sick or weak or only strong? Another prompt during that week is, what did I learn about the desirable or undesirable shape and size of bodies, especially in my own body? in my formative years. And the further prompts on that are, what are the messages that I received in my family about my body's adequacy? And do any of those live in me now? Which of those ideas are helpful and true? And which do I want to leave in history? So that's week two, new body stories. Week three, we do what is beautiful. Week four, we do life and pleasure. And for for example, during that week, we ask, what is my relationship to pleasure? Is pleasure my birthright or does it have to be earned? Is life supposed to be pleasurable overall? Was pleasure allowed in my family of origin? Were certain kinds of pleasure allowed and others not? For example, in some families, food as a pleasure is allowed, but sexuality as a pleasure is not. Pride and accomplishment might have been allowed, but not pride in appearance. What kind of pleasures are sanctioned in my patterning and what kind of pleasures are disallowed? Another question in the Pleasure Week inquiry is, what is the relationship between work and pleasure in my life? Is work supposed to be fun, a calling, pleasurable? If I don't work or I'm not productive, do I deserve pleasure? Am I worthy of pleasure just by existing? Do I justify my pleasure by how much I've worked? Is busyness a sign of virtue in my cosmology? Um, Then on week five, we do cycles and stages. As we reconnect with our bodies, we are taking the time here to consider women's nested cycles in particular of the month, a lifetime of pregnancy and motherhood. I suppose a man doing this journal could also do the same thing in terms of what does it mean to come into puberty? What does it mean to come of age, have your first sexual experience and to hit andropause in later years? Uh, One question in that week is, was I taught fertility literacy? What did you learn about fertility, fertility cycles, and adapting your nutrition and activities to the biochemical changes and the phases of your cycle? Week six, we begin an inquiry into sexuality. Some questions in there are, 
What did I learn about sex and sexuality in my formative years from family, religion, or culture, and which of those ideas are helpful and true, and which do we want to leave in history? How do my early sexual imprints influence my current sexual expression? There's also questions in there about whether or not there's anything that you want sexually or sensually that you're pulled toward, but you're not expressing because you might feel it's shameful or taboo, or if there's anything now that's happening that you don't actually want to have happen. In week seven, we look at questions of visualizing our full expression. Are there any waiting for or putting off patterns at work? Like, what? why are we waiting? Waiting for life to begin is a habit of mind. Like, when I get fit, when I get wealthy, then I'll be happy. But what could I let go of right now to find a little bit more freedom? And there are also some visualization exercises around releasing the imaginary judge. What do I do out of pure love, which is one of my favorite prompts. What do I do in my life that is coming out of pure love? And then in week eight, the final week of inquiry, we talk about self-nourishment and eating and our current inner knowings about the best and healthiest and most joyful ways to nourish ourselves. And then we go into integration. Now, integration in general is a really important part of all personal growth work, whether it's a deliberate experience of personal growth, like you go to a workshop and you have some insights and then you take the time to summarize what you learned and then to turn that into a daily practice and bring it into awareness for the time following the workshop so that it sits with you and actually does produce a change. Same, by the way, for medicine, ceremony, and plant medicine, which I'm talking about in another episode, but integration is the most important part. So in week nine, the seven days of doing inquiry on um, how to carry this forward in your life. So what are my biggest surprises from doing these inquiries? How did doing the daily affirmations impact how I felt about my body? We do a couple letter writing exercises in there. Write a letter to my 13-year-old self. What do I want her to know is one. Another one we do is write a letter from my future self to me now. What advice is my future self giving me? And there are more. So I know that as each one of our hearts change, that that change of harder belief is carried out into the world. So if you make a change and a choice for more self-love, more pleasure and joy and acceptance and celebration, you will help make a world with more of those things. And every time we make more love and more pleasure, we are agents of a bigger transformation. I'm so glad to be alive, to be choosing life every day. It's a precious, precious opportunity to live in a body. And the complex wonder of the body is a marvel. It would be wonderful to be able to do it with more appreciation and less criticism to be walking in the beauty way and thanking our bodies and thanking life. Love is the through line for all joy. It connects us to the source of life and to each other. It animates our life and work. And in everything we do and say, our love can be our fuel. So I invite you, if you are feeling like you'd like to embark on an inquiry deep into the stories you carry and let some of the trapped energy around embodiment float off into the ether so that you can be lighter and more free and more joyful uh, to join me in doing the body journaling. It's available at rosewoman.com. It's also available from the Rosebud Woman Instagram shop or the Facebook shop. Just look up Body Love Journal and you'll see it there. It's hardcover, beautiful illustrations. It's got a satin ribbon bookmark. It's got a little rubber band to hold it together. And let it be a secret and transformative practice that you do for yourself over the next couple of months. Uh, So thank you for listening, and I hope you love your perfect body. Mm